0: All right, thanks so much for uh, joining me for tangent number two. First full day of matches uh, today and it did not disappoint at all. Uh, First we had Egypt versus Uruguay. Uh, It looks like Egypt did not want to risk Mo Salah. Um, The strategy being that Uruguay is the strongest team in the group and Egypt opted to defend their hearts out for a draw and hopefully take wins later in the group um, once he's healthier. But um, with one minute left in regulation, Uruguay broke through on a free kick headed in by Jimenez. Uh, It almost worked. So uh, now Egypt will have to fight even harder. Hopefully, as Mo Salah gets healthier, he'll be able to carry them through to the next stage. Iran versus Morocco, they had a wild finish as well. I think it's clear that Iran's strategy is to be well-organized, which has been their MO under their well-traveled coach, who I spoke about in episode one. They seem to just defend until they can snatch one goal um, and win games one to nothing, which is exactly what happened. An own goal at the very, very end. Um, I believe it's their first win in the World Cup and uh, so this one ending 1 to nothing as well. But the the main event today, Portugal versus Spain. I mean, wow. A superb game, amazing goals that will definitely be in consideration for top of the tournament. Nacho Fernandez, a utility defender of all players, striking the ball so well, getting it to swerve, just hitting the inside of the post. Cristiano Ronaldo's free kick. I mean, it's been a while since he's put one in like that. He used to score incredible goals from free kicks, getting the ball to dip and swerve and knuckle like no one else. But over the last few years, he just seemed to lose accuracy. Until today, putting the ball exactly where it needed to be, tying the game 3-3, that's how it ended. Um, So, I mean, can't wait to see what these two teams produce against the other uh, members of the group. As I mentioned, I love the storylines. These two players, Nacho and Ronaldo, they're teammates at Real Madrid. Uh, they had a pretty testy match today. Nacho gave up a penalty early on to Ronaldo. Uh, then Nacho scored that amazing goal. Then Ronaldo scored at the very end. Um, you know, tough tackles throughout the game on each other. And uh, this is exactly what I love to watch. Uh, the interaction. Of, play, of players, you know, their club teammates, and then on the international stage, they now have to play each other. Um, more storylines, please. Um, so let's preview the next matches. All right, first match uh, coming up tomorrow, it's France versus Australia. France, pretty clear favorites. The whole team, their starters across Europe's clubs. And Australia have really never been able to show much quality since 2006, uh, when the World Cup was in Germany. Um, they reached the round of 16 back then, but that was 12 years ago, and one of the stars of that team is still on the team today, Tim Cahill, at 38 years old, which shows the lack of depth that they don't have enough young stars to push him out of the team, even though he's, he's struggled to play competitively in club teams, and yet he's still on the national team. That's, that's not a good sign. So I, I think it's pretty clear that France is going to be a lot for Australia to handle. Argentina versus Iceland is the next match. This is going to be the most interesting match of the day as far as storylines goes. It's all because of Iceland, uh believe it or not. They are the Cinderellas of 2016. If you remember, they went viral. I think it's safe to say everyone is hoping that their incredible showing at the Euros in France that year continues. Why was it incredible? Well, uh it's a nation of 300,000 people. 10% of the population showed up to those matches in France. It's such a small nation and yet you know, they created some magic. As Iceland, they just produced such great team play, resulting in a tie with Portugal. Uh, they beat England in the round of 16. They made it to the quarterfinals where they lost to the hosts, France, um, but not without taking two goals from the European giants. Uh, there was a point in that game where people thought it was possible for Iceland to beat France. Um, and all doing so with only like one solid talent in midfield, Uh Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, I mean, their coach is a part-time dentist, Uh, So much about this team makes them a beloved dark horse. You know, they play well as a team and they proved that they could keep up with the big dogs two years ago. Uh, And they hope to do so again as they take on one of South America's top teams, the country of Lionel Messi, THE Lionel Messi. Now Messi being involved, that might not necessarily mean a runaway win for Argentina. Messi actually seems to struggle with his national team uh, as opposed to his club team, Barcelona. Uh, He's only got 61 goals for Argentina at a rate of uh, about half a goal a game, so 0.52 goals per game. Compare that to 0.87 goals per game for Barcelona. You know, Argentina is yet to win a major trophy during the Messi era. You know, coming close, they were runners-up in 2014, losing to mighty Germany in the final. But every now and then, they just seem to sputter and give up crucial games despite being led by the best of the best and other offensive powers like Sergio Aguero and Gonzalo Higuaín. They have lots of offensive firepower, but it proves that you need great defense too. Uh, as you know, when that offense doesn't show up, that defense can be a weak spot and they end up losing a crucial game. So, definitely something to keep an eye on. The next match uh, Peru versus Denmark. Not too much going on here. I mean, Denmark is a slightly better team with some decent players that play at significant clubs. Uh, Peru has a lot of inexperienced players. Uh, but there's just something about South American teams, the flair that they can provide. It's, it's fun to watch sometimes. Um, nevertheless, if there was a game to skip, uh, sorry Peru and Denmark, any fans out there, I don't mean any disrespect, but this might be a game to skip if you have to skip one. Final match of the day, Croatia versus Nigeria. It's actually a pretty interesting matchup. Uh, These two teams are evenly matched, both teams with solid players, although Nigeria, I think, used to be better than they are now, uh, when players like John Mikel Obi, uh, who is still on the team, he used to be a bigger part of Chelsea FC in England, one of the top clubs in the world, and now he plays in China, which I think represents how Nigeria just seems to have less relevant players than in the past. Um, only 56 goals among the whole team compared to Croatia with 116 goals among the team. They're led by Luka Modric, a perennial unsung hero in the midfield. He plays for Real Madrid and he's been responsible for a lot of their success over the last few years. I mean, while Cristiano Ronaldo takes the headlines, you know, he's what's known as a string puller, meaning he directs the game with his passing from the midfield. So it's a stat that doesn't really make headlines, but it's very important. And with Mario Mandzukic, um, he's a sometimes big-time goal scorer at Juventus in Italy. I think they'll win this matchup, but I think Iceland will steal one win from somebody, plus a draw from somebody. It'll be enough to put them in the second spot of Group D behind Argentina. And uh, back to my prediction for Group C, so apologies, but the schedule is overlapped a little bit. Um, I think Denmark and France will advance out of that group. All right, so there's your breakdown for the game's on June 16th and yeah I mean in years past you know we've seen kind of the start to the World Cup kind of be uh, lacking in goals because everybody's trying to be careful and conservative clearly I mean quality goals are being scored so hopefully more of the same tomorrow enjoy the games and I'll see you next time